Welcome to the Goth and the Sloth. I am your Sloth, Matt. And I'm Luna the Goth. This is the podcast of two friends living a country apart, living our best lives, and uh, discussing everything we get into. We decided to take the first part of our podcast to talk about the COVID-19 pandemic and everything going on and how it affects your lives, how it affects our lives, and how it affects everything. All things ever. How you doing today? I'm fine. Just fine <laughs> that's uh not very convincing uh-huh but uh everything is terrible in the world so i'm just gonna believe you so <laughs> be it <laughs> i am i am i you probably can't see it but I, like you see my leg yeah <laughs> so we're <laughs> skyping while we do this and i'm sitting on the couch because it's way more comfortable i've discovered than my office chair my office chair is fine but i've been spending like 12 plus hours working every day because i'm working on this project blah 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 and um i have this habit of randomly stretching my leg upward when i can and i just so happen to be able to stretch my leg upward so i it's probably gonna happen a lot during this podcast So you're just you're just a cat. You're just gonna stretch your leg at random times and show off to everybody. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I'm wearing clothes, so I'm not showing everyone my butthole. But if I wasn't wearing clothes, eh. <laughs> oh my god, how are you today? Great start. <laughs> you know, hanging in there, doing doing what I can. Yeah, you know, we we're living. We're living life. We're living is- life humans on the planet you know yeah hopefully not on the planet soon enough but that's my goal for later in life (laughs) that's right you want to leave the planet i do start a colony on mars i always sign up whenever they have that option to be like one-way ticket to mars put in your application like you're gonna have computers and i know how to you know unplug them really good so (laughs) you know i'll be there the best Martian IT group. <laughs> can you please fix my computer? Oh, I can unplug it. <laughs> Do you try turning it off and back on again? I cannot plug it back in, though. I am not covered to do that for you. Can you please grab the hell and replug your computer? <laughs> Ultra unions on Mars. I'm not allowed to touch the plug. I need you to come touch the plug. Exactly. Oh, my Lord. So let's dive into it. What's going on in the greater Virginia area? Well, um, uh, you know, numbers are climbing, but at about the same pace as last week. I'm pre- I'm predicting because this past weekend was Memorial Day that we will see... a a rise in the next couple of weeks maybe but we'll see Mm -hmm. so as of right now we have 41,401 cases um we have 4,442 hospitalizations and 1,338 deaths in the state so I think that puts us um I know that's about 200 more deaths than last week and we recorded late last week but only by a day. Yeah. So, <laughs> eh, so yeah, we're, you know, no, the, the numbers, they going up. <laughs> they, they are. It's, I mean, it's just awful, but everything's awful. 
so everything is awful because of COVID-19 <laughs> there you go that should be your band's next cover <laughs> um, in the uh, national news uh, I grabbed I saw a couple things that got my attention um, there's an article in the Seattle Times called um, it's titled half of newly diagnosed coronavirus cases in Washington are people under 40 hmm and uh, it got my attention because Washington State, uh, out of the states that were hit pretty hard, it was hit pretty hard and early, uh, but they also responded quickly, like probably more quickly than most states. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have a generally successful story about flattening the curve. That said, I feel that some people seem to act like this virus is somehow less deadly or less significant because the curve has been quote unquote flattened mm-hmm. but the virus is still there that the flattened curve just means that there's a hospital bed for you when you need to go to the hospital yeah um so yeah it just makes me nervous how many people are getting sick in the younger de- demographics uh, they said that 39 percent of confirmed cases statewide were in the age range of 20 to 39 and 11% were uh, 19 and younger. Wow. So. Well, I know looking at the data for Colorado, um, for just cases in general, it spikes really hard for 30 to 40 year olds. Yeah. It's just interesting. I mean, if you compare that to the stats from our two part episode series on the 19, 18, pandemic in the 2009 pandemic that's definitely a notable noticeable shift yeah so yeah i wonder if it's a virus thing or if it's a nurture thing like a nature versus nurture thing like uh is the virus more susceptible to that age or is it these people being out and around and they need to be out and around because they're young and doing things and then they catch it yeah it's a good question i you know who knows it's like the what was that? I think I saw it a little while ago where someone had posted a sign outside of their house that was like, I ordered a chicken and an egg from Amazon. I'll let you know. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, you're clever. <laughs> um, and so, uh, granted, this information is just for confirmed cases and not necessarily hospitalization or deaths. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, like you just mentioned, like this is the group that's out rushing out to bars and beaches on Memorial Day and sweating all over each other. So <laughs> that's my yeah. favorite pastime is just standing over people and sweating on them at the beach. That it's super fun. Is terrifying. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I. I don't know how I. That might be my Achilles heel. Like anything else, you know, cop a feel or something. I'll kick you in the balls, but then like sweat on me. I'd just be like. You don't even know how to react. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Um, The other thing I saw in the news was uh, the good old folks in the White House uh, are pushing the use of hydroxychloroquine to prevent COVID. Mm. So, like, as a prophylactic. Um, (laughs) This is against the advice of the FDA and any study ever that shows that it can be harmful if you're just taking it for fun. 
So this um, is against the suggestion of just science. Yes, okay. it's against the suggestion of science. Uh, I find the most upsetting thing about this being uh, the lupus patients that actually need it. Need yep. this drug as a as something that helps manage their condition. Um, a soup, uh, like if you're interested in reading about it, you can do a simple Google search, uh, and there are several, like many accounts from many different people that are explaining their situation. Essentially, they're unable to refill their prescriptions. Mm-hmm. Uh, they need to ration their pills now, and they have a diagnosed illness. Yep. This isn't guesswork. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is, <laughs> it's just insane. And um, one story I read on USA Today mentioned that um, without it helping to contain flare-ups, this person was saying that they would end up in the hospital, which is not great when you're immunocompromised. And it's fucking expensive to need to go to the hospital. It's not just like, oh, they can just (laughs) go to the hospital. Like, you could be dooming someone to a lifetime of financial insecurity by just saying oh well they can just go to the hospital to get it like i just yeah no that's that's insane you know what's a a cheaper and more viable way to prevent getting the virus a mask a mask and staying home (laughs) dang right well it might not be cheaper depending on who you are (laughs) and how much work you might be missing this is also true but but a mask is also very cheap right just like do the things that science says works it's not that hard they're not it's not expensive and it's not hard just just do these little things it's fine stop being an idiot yes in general (laughs) (laughs) all right what about you so colorado we're starting to i wouldn't say taper off but it's slowing uh, so we now have 25,121 confirmed cases. That's up 2,000 from last week. But the previous week we were up 3,000. So mm. slower numbers. Uh, 4,254 hospitalized, which is up 200 from the previous week. And 1,168 deaths, which is only up about 100 from last week. Yeah, that's so. good news that we're... It looks like it's slowing. Yeah, so if we just keep... Did you say 20-something thousand cases? 25,000 cases. How are we almost double your cases in Virginia? I don't know. This is just the numbers I just got. (laughs) Huh, interesting. Well, that's good. I mean, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's really good, except for your uh, hospitalization and death rate aren't great compared to... (laughs) Yeah, no, we're uh, yeah, they're they're dropping pretty good, but yeah, it's slowing, so that's always good. So let's just if we can stay the course, we can ride this out. Like let's not stop now. Just, just right. ride the course. Minimal damage. We're looking for minimal damage. Like we don't want to see more people needlessly get sick. Yeah. So uh, speaking of staying the course, but yet doing the opposite, um, Colorado is opening. <laughs> so not speaking of it yeah. at all. <laughs> trying to have a cool transition. Didn't work. Mm. <laughs> Colorado's opening dine-in service. It actually has already opened. Oh, really? What? What's the restriction? The restrictions are no more than eight people per party. Uh, you need to have max ventilation. So open windows, open patios whenever you can. 
No mingling between parties. Reservations are encouraged, and you must wait in your car for your turn. And I also thought I saw something. This didn't say it, but I thought it was 50% occupancy. So, okay, the 50% occupancy is the part where I'm like, oh, okay, at least that's something. But everything you just described is like going out to dinner as an introvert. Yeah. Like, <laughs> not talking to people, just going for your reservation. Yep. Eating, going home. Yep. Like, it, it, what's different here? <laughs> But yeah, they're encouraged to keep tables as far apart as possible. Um, but yeah, 50% of the occupancy that they were rated at. Um, so tables farther apart. That's something, I guess. <laughs> they're moving. I mean, it's not something I really personally care about because I am single and an introvert. And I would rather Grubhub it and eat in my lazy pants at home than go out to a <laughs> restaurant. So. Yeah, I yeah. I mean, I don't mind eating at restaurants, but I'm certainly not going right now. Yeah. <laughs> it's it, yeah, that's interesting. I mean, the um I think restaurants might be open in Richmond. Again, I was like, oh, that's nice. I'm not going. Yeah. Um, but or actually, sorry, Virginia, but Richmond and Northern Virginia are only reopening, I think, this weekend. So, um, we'll see how that goes. Yeah. To swing to a sad but smart choice, uh, Waterworld is closed for the season this year. They will not be opening. It's not shocking. Not shocking, all. but it's still a great choice, though. So I applaud them for not, you know, trying to find a way around it or do whatever. They're just like, nah. Yeah. So, yeah, if you didn't know, it's the world's biggest water park, or at least the country's biggest water park by square footage, <laughs> not by the amount of rides. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> just because it's sprawled out. Not because, <laughs> you're talking to someone that grew up in Central Florida. Like, I know a water park when I see one, and Waterworld is cute. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's the only time we get to enjoy water in Colorado. We have no water, all right? <laughs> It, it's true it's true i can't fault you guys you know it's fine it's like water world not quite but water world is like lakeside is to bush gardens ouch jeez <laughs> okay not that bad water world's not that bad they, say, they have yeah. like legitimate rides and like led lights that haven't gone out yeah lakeside is where <laughs> theme park rides go to die <laughs> no. when they get a new ride it's something they purchased from somebody else that didn't want it anymore i mean maybe they were supposed to be coming out with a new ride soonish probably not anymore but because yeah, yeah Elith, <laughs> they were i, I guarantee I they were gonna... they're probably closed i haven't checked into lakeside but who lakeside yeah What's the difference? <laughs> you... <laughs> you can easily social distance at Lakeside for sure. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, you have an equal chance of getting tetanus. This is also true. And, or the virus, or really anything. Yeah, anything. The Black Plague. You could get Ebola. <laughs> I mean, I love Lakeside, don't get me wrong, but <laughs> it's, it's fun because it reminds me of the good old days when there weren't any rules. Yeah. Like, I rode the chipmunk ride and got syphilis. I don't know how that worked, but... <laughs> <laughs> and you, it's the sheer actual terror that you don't know if the ride is going to be together by the it end. It is <laughs> absolutely a 
thrill ride park because yeah you do oh not God. your safety is not guaranteed <laughs> man i miss lakeside anyway <laughs> for all you non-coloradan people i encourage you to even just wikipedia lakeside it's actually got a really interesting story it does it's super old um and elich is going to be closed too obviously um right right but elich just sucks I'd actually prefer Lakeside these days, but anyhow. Same. I mean, if you're going to go to a fair, yeah. you might as well go to Lakeside. <laughs> might as well go with one that has a little bit of uh, personality and panache <laughs> than, you know, leftover scraps from Six Flags. <laughs> True story. <laughs> anyway. Anyways, in national news, <laughs> the only story that really caught my attention was today that we've officially hit a really sad benchmark in the virus. In that, uh, over 100,000 people have now died. Indeed. Yep, we have hit a milestone, and all of a sudden, our president seems to care. <laughs> he was tweeting about it. We're, I'm, yeah. You know, my heart goes out to the families or whatever it is that he said, and I'm just like, you know what would have saved their lives? Or at least a good chunk of them? Action. Yeah, moving a little Your sooner. action. I mean, much faster. There was a great tweet related to that, and we can edit this out if you want. <laughs> mm-hmm. But it's like, uh, if if we tell uh, the president that Corona tried to block him on social media, do you think he'll care a little bit more? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Why would I edit that out? That's so true. <laughs> oh Lord. He is awful. Yeah, everything sucks. I mean, it's great, guys. We're it's doing great. great. It's fine. Everything's fine. The, I hope you guys are much better than I feel right now. <laughs> this is fine. You just need that coffee mug and the fire. This is fine. It's all. Mm-hmm. It's fine. <laughs> so, what's going on yeah. with you personally? What What news do you got going on? Uh, in personal news, my life has kind of come to a halt. I have this giant project that I've been working on, so I've just been. 12 plus hours a day at my computer busting it out it's good that i have the work i'm thankful for it not one complaint i do hope that i you know get a day off i i will probably have to force myself to take a day off sometime but in general i am just i think shell shocked no i'm not shocked i'm i am you are (laughs) i am uh so this past weekend was memorial day weekend and in the span of a whopping 48 hours uh there were two stories that took the news by storm one of which was the story of george floyd Mm -hmm. who was murdered by minnesota police um for you know existing and being black in america yeah, exactly. And Amy Cooper was caught uh, lying to cops uh, while she was calling the cops while essentially strangling her dog uh, in an attempt to, who knows what, get probably have the same outcome that happened to George Floyd. Mm-hmm. He, she was calling the cop on a black man who was uh, just bird watching, taking pictures of birds looking at them through binoculars and uh he asked her to put a mask on and she threatened to call the cops then did call the cops and said 
this black man is threatening my life and is attacking me and my dog. Please help. Please send somebody. And this is the world we live in. It is. So it's just, it's not COVID news, but it has affect. I mean, it, it, it affects me anytime I see this stuff, but I think I'm just, I don't know. It just feels like nothing's changing and nothing will change. There are riots in Minnesota right now. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm. They're burning and looting and national guard was uh, officially called in like an hour or two ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I believe they authorized live rounds. So we're going to see more loss of life. And what, what really just infuriates me and depresses me all at once because I don't really anger well. I sad well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, uh, the protest, like storming the Capitol in Michigan with a bunch of armed white dudes screaming in the faces of police officers and the police officers are just standing there and quote unquote restraining them but really just stopping them from walking further into the capitol building Mm -hmm. like that was like last month yep and now you know dude i I think he they were arresting him for something that was some non-violent crime i can't remember what it was um and they i mean you can watch the video online i won't i can't i can't handle them yeah but uh, i'm not gonna watch people that look like my family members uh die yeah on video so uh it's not for me but if other people want to watch it it's out there you can watch him pleading for his life uh saying he can't breathe it doesn't matter though so anyway not to go down this road just saying that in personal news i'm tired and i'm angry and i'm upset and sad and it's okay for me to feel all those things. Absolutely. No, this is an so. awful, scary thing. And yeah, it's everything about it. It scares me. Like um, the storming, the target. I just know when I worked at target, we had people, employees in there 24 seven, even when we weren't open. And so mm-hmm. hopefully they got out of there without too, too many injuries or any injuries Absolutely. to the employees. Um, mm-hmm. There's a protest going on literally right now in Colorado for the same thing. And mm. I already read there were shots fired already. So, Are you f- serious? Oh, Jesus. Just, I, wish, I just don't want anyone else to get hurt. But it's like, how else do you get anyone to care about a black person's life? Yeah. Like, there's the woman that was shot in her bed last month as well. Mm-hmm. Because they stormed the wrong apartment. It was just, I'm tired. Yeah. Now there's, um, yeah, I won't go too far down this road, but yeah. Um, we're taught in school that, uh, you know, the Boston Tea Party was a great sign of patriotism and that, you know, that act of, you know, ramp- rampaging violence is seen as taking our independence. But mm-hmm. when black people do the same thing, it's seen as destroying, you know, their neighborhoods and destroying everything. When yeah. it's, you know, we, they, you know, people like Colin Kaepernick and other people tried to protest quietly, and that didn't work. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It just, you know, 
And then, uh, and like in complete contrast, then we have our president that's like, I'm going to write an executive order because Twitter fact-checked Because me. Twitter. <laughs> like, come on, dude. There's nothing else you can focus on right now. Absolutely. It's just like this whole, this week, I mean, this whole situation, the whole pandemic feels surreal. Yeah. I think everybody feels that like weird, our lives are disrupted. And then this week has felt surreal times three. Like it's just, I, I'm almost, it's almost like I'm going to have an out of body experience. Like, it's like what is happening right now? Yeah. So that anyway, that is a long way to say that. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> How about you? How are, what is, what's your personal news this week? Uh, hopefully happier news. <laughs> I hope uh, so. My office is going to be closed until 4th of July weekend or until after 4th of Woo-hoo! July weekend. So that feels good. They put out a survey asking how everyone feels about their safety. So that's really good that they're really watching out for us. And I feel, yeah. feel happy about that. That our company really, they're not willing to put our safety in the way of getting back to normal. Yeah, they're looking out for you. That's nice. That's nice to feel cared about. So that's really good. Especially for a place where you're required to be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the uh, band is officially back together and doing our stuff. Um, so that's always good news. We have a show coming up by the time this is out. It'll already have gone, but we have a stream going on uh, this Saturday. And so that'll be a lot of fun. Um, it's Yay. testing the water of, you know, new ways to do things. So, um, the way this will work is one band at a time is allowed in the bar. The bar will not be actually open. Like they won't be opening serving. They're essentially just supplying a stage. Um, but yeah, you only one band in at a time plus the sound guys and everyone has to wear masks. And so hmm. it's an interesting, interesting idea to see, you know, ways to continue uh, music in a time where it's you can't have a regular everyday live show yeah it's it's interesting and it, it, at least it serves the local you know community so yeah because it's not like traveling bands are gonna come to this sort of thing yeah, no these are like, all local colorado bands so it's you know options to you know to help help out smaller bands that may not have the equipment or anything to stream themselves and all that fun stuff so it's really cool that is great. Well, good. I'm looking forward to the show. So, yeah. I mean, that's mostly my news. So, to piggyback off of uh, your news, that kind of brings us to our topic of the day. <laughs> so, today's main topic uh, was suggested by TGTS all-star listener and artist Megan Stern. Woo! Hi, Megan! Uh, she is the <laughs> so, best. I know, right? Um, so she uh, suggested this. She had sent me this video. Uh, so our chat today is based primarily around the ideas of what was in this video. Um, it's uh, a medical grounds grand rounds panel discussion. It was hosted by the University of Colorado Anschutz Medical Campus, the Department of Medicine. Uh, the panel was posted on YouTube, so check it out. Uh, I'll put the link in the show notes so that you can, you know, watch at your leisure. I was going to say, it's unlisted, so you have to have the link. So, yeah, if you put in the link. 
Oh, okay. But, yeah, if you put in the link, you can watch it still. Oh, okay. Okay, cool. <laughs> I did not misguide nope. you. I just almost misguided you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the discussion uh, covered basically the different aspects of mental health in the time of COVID-19 and the second wave of this pandemic and whether that's going to be primarily a mental health crisis um, just with everything going on and how people are going to continue dealing with it. Um, So the, just to give some credit to where credit is due Uh, The panelists, I would like to list them just so you know if you know them or, you you know, you are interested in the conversation, you know where to go. So um, there were four panelists. One was Dr. Stephen Berkowitz. He's the director of the START Center and professor of psychiatry at the University of Colorado. Dr. Brooke Grease. I did not pay attention to how they (laughs) pronounced her name. (laughs) G-R-I-E-S-E. Assistant clinical professor in the Department of Family Medicine at the University of Colorado and co-founder of Judy's Judy's House and Jag Medicine at University... Ugh, oh my God. I can't speak, I'm sorry. Okay, Judy's House and Jag Institute for Grieving Children and Families. Whew, that took it out of me. All right. Dr. Charles C. Benight, uh, director of the National Institute for Human Resilience at the University of Colorado Springs and Chair of Veterans Health and Trauma, and Dr. C. Neil Epperson, uh, the Robert Reedman Endowed Professor and Chair at the Department of Psychiatry at the University of Colorado School of Medicine. Whew. Oh, my gosh. Uh, okay, it. Take, it, take it away, Matt. <laughs> So yeah, they talked a lot about uh, some interesting things in how there could be some long-term effects um, that we're going to see from COVID that we may not have ever seen before, or at least not recorded, because they specifically mentioned there is no mental health data from the 1918 flu, at least, because at that time it was, you know, rub some dirt on it and get back to work. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and there was a war on. There was like... a war, too. So... <laughs> Yeah, so this is the first time we've really been able to, we've had tons of study, background study on different effects of depression and anxiety and things of that nature, and we can relate it to things spinning up from this virus. Um, One guy mentioned a uh, paper made from one of the uh, uh, China uh, hospitals, kind of getting over the flu and getting through, and they asked everyone, Uh, how they feel on depression, and uh, 13.8% said they had uh, mild depression, 12.2% said moderate, and 4.3% said they had um, high levels of depression after dealing with, um, you know, patients dealing with the flu. Mm -hmm. And uh, this mostly focused on um, health caregivers, but I think it's pretty useful and universal um, that, you know, we're seeing a lot more um, increase of worry, loss of sleep, uh, increase of uh, alcohol and THC um, to help cope. And all those lead to anxiety, depression, and, uh, uh, you know, substance abuse as I drink a beer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, 
And yeah, I'm personally seeing a lot of that myself. Um, not just the depression, but you know, a lot of extra worry. Um, you know, when you go into a store, it's no longer even just like, I just want to get my stuff and go. Now you're kind of eyeballing people and seeing, you know, who's wearing a mask, who could be dangerous, who, you know. And for me, it's not even the mask thing about them spreading germs. The mask thing is, at least for me at the moment, is is this person going to cause a problem and be an issue? Mm. Because it seems to me that the people that aren't wearing the masks are the ones trying to make a statement about not wearing a mask and being a big deal about doing it. And it's like... It does appear that way. I have to worry about this, you know, this guy flying off the handle and how, mm-hmm. you know, maybe I should go a few aisles over <laughs> and come back to this one. Right. Yeah, I mean, we haven't explicitly said it before, but uh, it it's pretty obvious that Matt and I are on the side of science here. We are not COVID deniers. We do believe that this is happening. Mm-hmm. So uh, just to clear that up, if you were not familiar with our podcast. Um, As Jesse Pinkman would say, yeah, science! <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> oh, man. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. I think that everyone is just on high alert for something and everything. It's just, it's a, it's an interesting time for sure. Yeah. And some people don't know where to point that and it just causes, you know, undue anxiety on top of, um, they mentioned this, that unlike other natural disasters, say like a flood or, uh, you know, the Japanese tsunami, um, that obviously is devastating, but it the danger is over pretty quick, and then you can grieve. This is going to be continuous, um, and we don't know how long it's going to end, and we don't know where what's going to happen, so you can't grieve. You can't even think about it. Um, it took me a few weeks of working from home to even kind of register everything mm-hmm. um because the way yeah, the way we are in society right now it's all pretty move 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 and yeah that's a good point uh bringing that up like i definitely being forced to be at home while it's difficult and losing my job you know beat the ability to work is difficult I was able to at least sit down with myself and come to terms with what was happening around me. Otherwise, I would do what most of us, I think, would do, which is busy ourselves, busy ourselves until our knuckles are bleeding, yeah. like trying to hold on to some sort of normalcy. And this forced us all to go home. Some of us still had to work, but there's still an, an opportunity to sit down and say, what is happening right now? Yeah. Um, I mean, I've seen that because I talk to everyone in my office over the phone. There's just, you can see the gambit of people, how they deal with it. Um, mm-hmm. Some people are taking the good and are excited about working from home. Uh, some people are in a perpetual state of panic. Some people are fighting against the new to get back to normal because that would be comfortable. Mm-hmm. And... Um, you know, not in so many crazy ways as we're seeing in the news, but, you know, just like wanting to be in the office again and still going in the office every day, if, you know, and fighting against that. And it's it's interesting to see people's headspaces going into this and continuing through it as well. 
Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, so they mentioned on this uh, video about this article, and I tried to find it. They said it was called, uh, it's from the New Yorker, I believe they said it was, and it was uh, Young, Single, and Alone, and it talked about, um, you know, how people have to deal with it as they live alone, as both me and you do, and as mm-hmm. most studies show, it's actually a growing uh, minority of people live by themselves. Interesting. Maybe it's because rent is going up. And they've realized (laughs) having a roommate is awful. Unless you're... (laughs) Oh, you're saying more people are are living alone than before. Oh, okay. Never mind. (laughs) (laughs) I retract my statement. (laughs) Uh, But I couldn't find that one. But I did find one that's called... um, This is New Yorker as well. How loneliness from the coronavirus isolation takes its own toll. And they, of course, talk about the immediate effects that we're seeing, you know, anxiety, depression, panic, uh, things like that, but also long-term effects. Um, They talked about um, how people that go through a traumatic experience and that become, for a long time, that becomes their normal. They have a hard time going back. Uh, They specifically Mm. mentioned people that survived the Holocaust would still hoard food because... Mm they had to do that to survive initially and that just became the new normal so it becomes you know someone who's already you know could be isolating themselves because they want to now are forced to and may now never come out of it may just always be accepting of that yeah i i i mean that makes sense i think about um you know, folks that lived through the Great Depression always for the rest of their lives thinking about money mm-hmm. and saving every possible cent. Um, and in, in regards to isolation, I can certainly feel that. I feel the longer that I'm isolated, the more I'm fine with it and the less I want to reintegrate with the world. Absolutely. Um, I'd rather just stay here forever kind of now <laughs> now i mean i've thought that for a long time like i've been right i've been watching uh tv like it's very in a weird way because i'm a weird specific person i don't know if i could ever it's handle someone are. being like well let's watch this show instead but i'm like but today's today's flash day we watch flash on flash day <laughs> <laughs> Oh, boy. And the longer I go, <laughs> it's like, it doesn't matter. And then, yeah, like, when's my next movie theater experience where I'm going to just, like, go into a theater and not think about it because I've been watching movies at home so much that I just, like, spread out across the seats and take off my pants. And <laughs> oh, my God. Look for the remote to pause I'm pretty the sure movie. that's still going to be illegal. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I mean, it, I, the one thing I miss are movie theaters. Absolutely, yes. Like I, and the beautiful thing about movie theaters is that you can still, I go to the movies all the time by myself and it's, you're still alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, I count it as socialization, <laughs> but really I walk, I buy my ticket already, walk up, go directly to my seat. Don't talk to a soul unless I'm at an Alamo and I have to. <laughs> and the lights go out and I'm alone again, just with a bigger screen. <laughs> But you got to buy popcorn and stuff. So you got to talk to someone to do that. Barely. 
barely you can get away with being like medium popcorn please (laughs) and that's i mean pretty soon with their apps (laughs) the way it's getting to you just scan your phone and they'll just give you the food that's already on the phone (laughs) right i want this this this, please (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah no i'm definitely Uh, feeling yeah you could you get it to the new normal and just feel like that's okay and it's not wrong but it's the human's natural reaction to seek out people and loneliness Mm -hmm. is a effect of that it's not it is a feeling but it's also a chemical reaction to needing connection and having the tribe mentality from way Mm -hmm. back in monkey brain days (laughs) yeah i think the um you mentioned loneliness specifically and there's this well-timed book that just came out i believe or is about to come out and i think it's called loneliness (laughs) (laughs) and it's by this guy who's been he's a social scientist he's been studying loneliness and he talks about the detrimental effects that it has on the human body on the psyche um it's really interesting he did like a book tour podcast circuit so i kept on hearing him on a bunch of different podcasts <laughs> i don't remember his name but it was really interesting i think maybe a really easy way to find it find his name is uh he was on both the i Wei podcast and the Brene brown podcast so if you're familiar with either of those um they he was on both of those and uh, it's just really fascinating how much it affects us when we are isolated. Yeah. And it's so funny that, like, it's hard for my brain. My brain is like, science says that loneliness is not good for you. And then the other half of my brain is like, never talk to anyone ever again. <laughs> <laughs> you got your uh, devil and angel on each side. Mm, two, two, two devils. <laughs> All right. <laughs> One's from the east, one's from the west. <laughs> All right, got one in like a clubbing outfit, and another in like a robe and lazy pants. So one one's yes. go out and see people, the other's like, nah, just stay home. <laughs> that is exactly it. You've hit the nail on the head. It's absolutely correct. <laughs> um, but outside loneliness is, I mean, this can cause all sorts of additional issues too, because it's. It has interrupted people's lives in such a dramatic fashion that mm-hmm. it's hard for people to cope. They had a really good quote from this article. Um, let me read it out to you here. Uh, the pandemic is forcing the human species and our brains to do the opposite of what we've learned to do over a millennia in order to survive. James Cohen, a neurologist of the University of Virginia, compared uh, the way the brain functions in times of stress to that of a salamander. He says, a salamander wants a cool, dark, wet place in the Blue Ridge Mountains. It's adapted to this environment and knows where to find food there. If a salamander walks out from under the rock into the sun on a hot, dry day, it will have a stress response and want to get back under the rock. The dilemma for us today is that we're all salamanders out in the sun told not to go back under the rock because the rock, uh, because that habit is also um, the environmental niche for this virus. Mm. Yeah, that's abs. I mean, dude, dude got it down to a perfect metaphor. And 
I think that's what we're seeing um, all over. It's just people's response, people's response to that stress response of saying, you can't do normal. It normal's yeah. bad right now. Right. Oh. And I think that's where we're seeing the uh, the Michigan protests, and even probably related to this protest because we're already on high alert. Um, oh, absolutely. I I have no doubt that. I mean, I don't think necessarily think that this protest wouldn't be happening right now. I'm sure it would be, but I I feel like the escalation. Uh, is a combination of so many different stress factors on communities, on families, on everything. And this may have acted like the last straw kind mm-hmm. of thing. Um, but, you know, maybe not, too. I don't want to, d- dismin- I don't want to dis- diminish the, the protesters' yeah. cause. Like, I think, you know, do, you do whatever it is that you want to do everybody's responsible for themselves as far as their actions go. And I just, yeah, I just think that the stress that everyone's feeling um, is very likely tied into everything. And it goes back to also, when can we go under the rock? Well, we don't know. And that unknowing is scary. Well, some people know. Some people are... Right back <laughs> under that right rock, under the rock, listening, yeah. listening to music with their friends at a bar and sweating all over each other for fun. Yeah, I'm looking in your direction, um. Missouri. There's <laughs> a, apparently a big old pool party in Missouri over mid Labor Day weekend. Oh yeah, and not the only oh, yeah. place. I mean, everywhere, everywhere. But uh, yeah, it's just. We'll see. I mean, we'll see what happens. I hope that I hope I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. Frankly, I hope science has somehow missed something and everything will be fine and the numbers will continue to decline. But based on what we know, that's not what's going to happen. So. So yeah, I mean, the second the second wave could be the virus, but also, you know, a strain of, you know, suicides or uh more lashing out, more you know, general unrest. It's could be a very scary time, scarier than the initial first wave. Indeed. Yeah. So on that note, like, um, so I, I do want to reiterate that the, this panel that we were talking about by the university of Colorado and shoots was primarily for healthcare workers. But like Matt said, it's applicable to all of us in some way or another. Um, Dr. Grease, Greasy, Grise, <laughs> I don't know, makes, <laughs> she made an excellent point, uh, throughout the panel that we are all grieving right now. You had kind of alluded to that yeah. as well, Matt. Um, and that's okay. So we're all experiencing loss on some level, whether it's our job or the loss of tus- touch, the loss of social socialization, normalcy, with the loss of privacy, whatever it might be. And there are, of course, there are more acute cases of loss, loss of a loved one, someone falling ill. Um, and life didn't stop. Chronic, chronic illnesses didn't stop. Mental illnesses didn't stop. So we may look, be looking at loss in those ways as well. It doesn't diminish anything. Um, but 
I think it's important for all of us to acknowledge that we are all grieving in yeah. some way. Um, and like you mentioned earlier in the podcast, we just hit the benchmark of over 100,000 people have died from the COVID-19 pandemic thus far. And that's a lot of mourning. Yeah. That's a lot of families and friends. And I just think that if we can, I think it's important. I guess I personally just feel that it's important that we acknowledge the amount of mourning that's happening in order to hopefully mitigate the consequences um, or the effects, not the consequences. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, here are some reminders from uh, the panel of how to view grief. And then I'll go through a reminder, a list of reminders of how to help. So um, for reminders on how to view grief, first of all, there's no right way to grieve. You can grieve however you want. Everybody has their own way. There's, loss is both universal and unique um, to the individual person. So loss is something we all experience, and it's something that we each experience differently. Uh, she mentioned we all have a natural capacity to heal with the appropriate support. And again, that support looks different for everybody. Um, so one person might just need, you know, comforting hugs and another person might need psychiatric help and no there's nothing wrong with anywhere on that spectrum um there's no timeline or orderly stages of grief uh, i personally struggle with this one i often expect my emotions to be linear and i'm like you know especially around loss where it's like this thing happened i am allowed to be sad but only for so long and only in this way and then it is over and then I'm done. You can't, you know? just, you can't just, uh, you know, delete your sad bar or use up all your sad bar and then you'll be good. <laughs> well, I try sometimes and it doesn't work. Don't be like me. So, <laughs> um, so just keep in mind that there are no, it's there. Yes. There, you know, the quote unquote stages of grief, they exist, but it's not linear. Mm -hmm. You fly in and out of each of one, them over and over upside and backwards and downwards and it's, it's just the way it is um the more i find that the more i try to take my grief and shove it in an orderly box the more it expands much like my hair on a hot august day <laughs> in the middle of the ocean <laughs> just takes over <laughs> this space around me <laughs> um Unexpected loss changes our worldview and our sense of security. I think we all feel mm -hmm. that. Uh, so COVID just compounds all of these effects. It's Our rituals are disrupted. Deaths are cr climbing. People are not seeking care when they need it. And therefore, when they do get to the hospital, they're more acute. And their people have been dying because of that reason, which is a whole other thing. Um so, uh, and we can't get physical touch or support if we don't live with that person. So it's just, um, it's just worth noting and just taking a moment to say this is happening. Yeah. Uh, so what do, what do we do about it? 
uh, she went through a little list um, and I think it was really helpful so I'm going to share it with you. So one is acknowledge all losses. Uh, don't don't weigh a loss more than another. There, it's all mm -hmm. loss. It's just all loss. Uh, don't share. Don't shy away from asking about losses. Ask what people have lost, how they feel about it. Just ask. Um, listen. Whenever someone does open up to you, just take a moment to listen, but do not try to fix anything. She says very accurately, advice sucks when you're grieving. You don't want advice. You just want someone to listen. So just listen. Um, create safety if you can. Show empathy. Not if you can. Just show <laughs> empathy. <laughs> uh, I guess if you can. If you struggle with empathy, then, you know, do your best. Um, offer concrete support. So rather than saying, what can I do? Offer something specific. So if it's someone in your household, maybe you say, hey, can I wash the dishes for you tonight? You know, or whatever it is. So offer something concrete. Um, and then foster real connection. This, again, was for healthcare workers. So, I mean, I hope you're fostering real <laughs> connection. But I guess if this is with someone that you, you know, perhaps work with that you don't have a personal relationship with, then, yeah, foster real connection. Um, so really, I guess I just want to say, look out for your friends and family who are healthcare workers. Um, they acknowledged in the panel that there will be PTSD yeah. later from mm -hmm. serving, uh, during this time. And we as a community can take steps to help, uh, now and later. So I think just keeping that in mind, the other thing, <laughs> Matt, you're not going to yeah. like this one. <laughs> But the other thing I want to say is, um, and they mentioned, <clears throat> excuse me, in the video, was that while you are stressed, be mindful with how much you've been drinking. <laughs> I say, I, I'm just yeah. picking on Matt because he's drinking a beer right now, but really I'm the one that's been like <laughs> pouring myself a glass every five seconds. Um, I usually have a rule against drinking by myself, but hey, world's upside down. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, um, there's no stigma or shame in saying that you're having trouble managing your emotions or anything that's going on right now. When you have it in you, feel like you, when you feel like you can reach out to your friends, please do so. And when you feel like you have the energy to be there for others, do what you can to do that as well. And I guess, we're, I mean, we're just all trying to do, do what we what can, we can yeah. right? What do you? Yeah, no. There's um, any some thoughts on that? Great Matt? point. There's some amazing points in there, especially um, listen rather than you know give advice, and that's something I even find myself having a hard time with. But yeah, you always want to try and fix the thing instead of. Yeah, we want to we want to take that thing away from you know like we're oh well if we just make this problem go away you'll feel better right. Uh, but that's not how it works yeah. with loss. So, yeah, it's good to, you know, just listen and not, yeah, not offer anything. And, yeah, um, and if you can offer something concrete, that's always a big one, too, because it feels like an empty platitude. Like, if you ever need anything, let me know. And we all say it, but that's, mm -hmm. you know, that's a wide net. What if it's like, well, I need. Yeah, and it puts the burden on the yeah, other person. Yeah, exactly, to think of, like. 
oh, I should help, you know, what do I, what do I want them to do or whatever. Right, and then you open the whole door of I'm not worthy for help and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So just if you have the opportunity to help somebody find a way that you can potentially bring some light into their world and just mm-hmm. do it or offer to do something yeah, specific. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, and she that same lady mentioned that, uh, you know, people aren't allowed to have funerals. I mean, I think there might be some, but there's mm-hmm. not as many for as many deaths that we've been having. And it's hard to get closure oh. during that yeah um and that's yeah that becomes a hard thing to deal with your grief because some people need that final closure to to mm-hmm. you know get over it or at least start the healing process yeah and... yeah it's it's a it's a wild time and i mean as far as the second wave is concerned i think there will be second waves especially in big cities um and places that had a whole bunch of Memorial Day barbecues where people were breathing on each other's bar- barbecue. Um, but I do think that there will be some sort of mental health fallout mm-hmm. from this. And I think, like you mentioned, Matt, in the past, we didn't really have the tools to measure as a society or even react as a society to a mental health uh, mm-hmm. wave mental health problems in that way and uh now we do and i think nonprofits are going to be a big part of how we address that so i'll be keeping my eye out <laughs> yeah so yeah watch out for your friends you know check in on them and just listen sometimes and you know we're all in this together and we still got a long way to go Yep, I think just it helps me to con- to just I tell myself we're all just doing what we can. We're all doing yeah. what we can. That's And you can only control one yeah. person, so just do, you know, do what you can do. <gasps> I can control another person. I mean, maybe the doggo <laughs> if you got a treat in your hand, but even that's well, stretching. Well, I'm secretly in- a bloodbender, so <laughs> Which I have totally been rewatching that whole series, um, and because I have the mm-hmm. DVDs because I'm old, and <laughs> I, and I refuse. I was so mad because I've been watching it, and then I got to the last disc, and the whole thing got it came on Netflix. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, "Are you kidding me?" But it's fine because I never actually watched Legend of Korra, so now I'm gonna watch Legend nice. of Korra. Yeah. yeah. Well, that leads us, I think, unless you have anything else, that leads us into nope. our next section: uh, our distractions. What are we distracting ourselves mm-hmm. with from the world just slowly disintegrating outside our window? <laughs> oh boy. Um, I honestly like like I mentioned, I'm working on that project. I don't. I just I've just been doing that, which isn't great. I I definitely need a break. I need to force myself to take a day. Um, but so I th- guess I, the one thing I've been doing in the background is that I'll, I've been playing the newest season of Supergirl on Netflix. Um, and you know, because I I watch The Flash and Supergirl. Those are the only two that I'll watch. Um, and I'm getting to the point where it's almost unbearable. <laughs> It's fine for in the background, 
it, I, you know, it's super easy to digest, um, overacting galore. So you could be in the other room and know that the person is trying to tell you that they're sad. Um, it's just, but it's, it is somewhat comforting because I've watched all the other seasons of Supergirl. Um, it's just, you know, I know these characters, I know how it's all going to end. Who doesn't? <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just, but yeah. So anyway, that, I guess that's my, been my, my little distraction for now. This past weekend was a bunch of online, uh, festivals and that was super great. I definitely discovered new acts and yeah. So I'm really happy with that, but Very yeah. Cool. What are you distracting yourself? Well, before I get with? into mine, you should also watch uh, Black Lightning if you're getting into the CW stuff. I think you'd actually really like that, especially this Yeah, season. I watched the first season and I liked it. I just haven't done the second season. Or maybe I watched the second. I don't know. I just haven't watched the most recent season. Second so I'll... season, pretty sure. Yeah. yeah. I'll go, I'll go back it's to good. it. It's good. Um, yeah. I think, honestly, it's the best one of the CW shows right now. If I'm being honest. not a high bar, this is but true. Yeah. But it is still very good. <laughs> yeah, I'll I'll check it out. I, I might uh, Supergirl might put me in a more solid superhero mood. There you go. So we'll see. Uh, so I've been um, doing band stuff to get distracted. Uh, we had a big, long, like six-hour get out the cobwebs jam since our jam room is back open. Um, so we did that uh we're interacting our new plan to be able to release more music and release uh, videos and kind of work on how we can be a band without playing bars and uh so a lot of distractions planning out that and working with that and that's been really fun and really cool yay i like it when your distractions involve art yeah good um i also started reading uh the first volume of alias comics which is that's where jessica jones uh, started and got so, it yeah uh, i haven't actually read the comics that the show is based on so that's what i'm doing now and so oh, far cool. so good that's been really awesome it's uh brian michael bendis who's one of my favorite writers so it's always good oh well good i'm happy to hear that i definitely thought my brain was like the Iliad. <laughs> <laughs> now they have that much time. <laughs> <laughs> like, dang, Matt. Uh, but yeah, okay, different, but also good. Different, get, but good. Got, got it. <laughs> <laughs> so I think uh, let's get into uh, our last section here. Uh, only in a pandemic. Ta-da-da. Stories that can only happen in a pandemic. So what'd you Woo-hoo. find this week? Uh, this week. Uh, only in a pandemic do I use my phone for the reason that it's meant for and call a friend out of the blue. <laughs> so you found out what that phone app is supposed to do? Right? I know. Like, I pressed the button that looked like a little phone from back in the day, and then it was like, dial numbers, and I was like, what? <laughs> But yeah, I, I called uh, Megan Stern, actually, um, on the phone randomly this past weekend, and it it was delightful catching up, and I'm so glad that I did it, but it, it's it's I don't remember the last time that I've called someone on my phone <laughs> with no, like, plan. Right. Like, 
oh, I need to talk to you. I'm going to make a call. And like, it's not just nothing. I don't know. It's bizarre. And that used to be the way life was. And I'm very confused. (laughs) Yeah. I remember (laughs) having my little book of phone numbers and I'd have to, yeah, I'd just call people randomly if you're bored. I I used to remember everyone's phone numbers. That was a thing too. Yeah. I barely know anyone's area codes. (laughs) So what's your, uh, only in a pandemic story. Uh, so only in a pandemic do the penguins start taking over. <laughs> the actual penguins the, or the, the hockey penguins? No, the actual penguins. Okay. You, you'll love this story, so I'll send it to you as well. But uh, penguins in the Kansas City, Kansas City Zoo recently paid a visit to the nearby Nelson Atkins Museum of Arts, wandering the halls as they admire the Baroque and Impressionist masterpieces. Oh, artsy penguins. Since they can't be open, they just decided to let the penguins run around the art museum. Oh my god, I love that. And you can Aww. actually see them looking at the paintings, like stopping at a painting and looking at it for a bit. Oh, they, they have questions. They do. <laughs> <They're> like, <laughs> what did you do to this planet, you two-legged apes? <laughs> Oh, that's so cute. I can't wait to see the pictures. So yeah, that's a that's a great story. I loved it. It's like, oh well, let the penguins do what they're gonna do. There's actually been a few penguin related stories because like there's they can't they need to be socialized. Um and you know, the aquarium's closed where they're at uh-huh, or uh-huh. of a zoo or whatever, so they've been like you know, letting him run around the aquarium and see whales and stuff. And, <laughs> and this one was just great. She's like, just let him be through the art museum. <laughs> I love that. Where was that? Uh, this is in Kansas City. All right, Kansas City. We see you. <laughs> so I love that. That's so great. So let's get into our hermit level before we end today. So on the Leonardo DiCaprio scale, a 10 being Howard Hughes and a 1 being the Wolf of Wall Street, how big of a hermit have you been? I would say that I'm an 8.5. I was going to say 9, but I'm kind of like afraid to get to the pee in the jars section (laughs) of being a hermit. Have you taken a shower the last seven days? Oh, definitely. Okay. Definitely take a shower. I've even done another load of laundry. Oh. Um, so that's a thing. I haven't folded any laundry. In fact, it's all still just piled on top of the dryer. <laughs> but it's clean. But I am officially, I've officially done laundry. I've taken a shower. I've taken many showers. Um, but I have, I, I've just been like, wake up, work go to bed wake up work go to bed wake up like it's just i'm just yeah what are human what is english language (laughs) do not know (laughs) just start hissing people if they go by your window (laughs) right yeah like but this is like the third week in a row that i've been pretty hermity so i'm gonna i really don't want to um but i guess i'll try to socialize a little bit this week yeah get out there on the interwebs (sighs) talk to people I'm so close to like not deleting my Facebook, but just taking a social media hiatus and taking the apps off my phone. That's actually healthy um, every so often, at least a couple times a year. It's really healthy. Yeah, I really love it when I do it, but I'm afraid 
of what that will do to my psyche when I'm already isolated yeah, and I'm not leaving the house to go dance or, you know, interact with my students or anything like that. Maybe not a great idea right now. That is true. <laughs> you have to have a, but, yeah, you have to have your, you have to build up something else outside of that before you can do it. What if I teach Banna a language in blinking? Um, no, I think you actually need to talk to people. Uh, I mean, Banna thinks she's people, but she's not people. She does think she's people. Oh, her little foot is twitchy because she's dreaming. <laughs> but yeah, and they'll start like a game night or something, an online game night or something, and then you can slowly replace that with social media because that's at least people you can not hate. <laughs> maybe i'll think about it maybe maybe i'll do like a a another netflix party or something that's two hours i could do two hours socializing with somebody i don't know anyway (laughs) how about you um i'm honestly probably at like a two i have been all (gasps) over the place i had like a like my old school busy weekend um uh, went to my brother's for like uh, early supper, um, and uh, got to hang out with my entire family, and mm. also got a dozen uh, straight out of the chicken eggs. So I've been eating those. <gasps> They're so They're good. Really good. I've been making a Harley Quinn style bur- uh, egg sandwiches. Oh my gosh! So good. Now I want an egg sandwich. What have you done? <laughs> Uh, and then, you know, we had the band jam that went for an entire day. Uh, and then I went over to a friend's house. Um, was it the same day? I don't know. One day. I can't even remember. We had, a we day. Had sort of a, it wasn't on Memorial Day. That's right. But, we, yeah, we had like a Memorial Day thing where we just, it was like four of us. And we sat around a fire and listened to music and hung out. Mm. So... That sounds delightful. That's a lot of socializing. Yeah, slowly getting out there, but in safe ways where you know every single person that you're with. And and you trust that they're not... That they're not lying and... Like licking the grocery shelves yep. <laughs> when you're not looking. <laughs> exactly. So... Well, that's awesome. I'm glad you have been socializing. Maybe, maybe I just like gave you all my socializing there energy we go. and you can just take it, take it from here. <laughs> I'll uh, reward you with social HP with a, you know, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll find a trinket. Mm. Mm. <laughs> sure. <laughs> get As I lock it away, <laughs> <laughs> never have to see it. So anyway. yeah, let's go ahead and wrap this up. So where can people find us if they want to find us on the interwebs? You can find us at Goth and Sloth on Twitter and Instagram, and you can find us on YouTube, the Goth and the Sloth podcast. Um, and yeah, please holler at us and let us know if you have topic ideas, um, you know, or just like say hi. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we like you. We don't even know who you are, but we yeah. like you. Come ask questions. <laughs> yeah for real anything like we are we're pretty open books i mean in the sense that like we'll talk to you about anything i won't tell you anything about like where i live what's your blood (laughs) type i don't know actually 
Um, but like, yeah, both of us are pretty chatty Cathy's if you just chat with us. For sure. And even if we don't like being around people. Yeah. <laughs> and if people want to hit you up directly, where, where can they find uh, you? At Luna underscore Minui on Twitter and Instagram. Yep. What about you, Matt? Where are all your socials? Get me on Twitter at wizard underscore Matt. I'm very active on there. Uh, my Instagram is wizard cosplay. I'm trying to be active on there if I can. I did post an <laughs> egg sandwich picture there, so got that going. Uh, my band's uh, SoundCloud is Leonardo Leonardo Band on SoundCloud, and my YouTube channel is Matt the Feral Wizard, where I just had a new episode released today. Uh, just uh, showing uh, all the different kingpins that we've gotten over the years. Oh, nice. It's very fun. Did you know John Reese davey hey. played the kingpin? Whoa. No. Yeah. Interesting. In the uh, Trial of the Incredible Hulk, the uh, second um, like sequel to the 70s TV show. Holy yeah. cow. Well, I will watch your video and find out more about that. So, yeah. So thank you for joining us for another episode of The Goth and the Sloth. Yes. Oh, and before we go, please like and follow and subscribe and download and do all the things and leave a review, which would be so awesome. Like, even just the stars. Definitely better if you write a little note. Um, And you will make us smile and stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. All right, y'all. Please wash your hands. And all glory to Gorzo. (laughs) 